It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the PIC Podcast. It's your girl, Ebony, and this week's is a rewind episode of my very first episode, I Just Filed Bankruptcy. Um, this episode was very near and dear to my heart. I shared it with somebody that I'm very close with, um... That particular guest shared her story on how she became or how she filed bankruptcy, her lessons, the tips that she learned. Oh, excuse me. And it was just so good because I feel like within our community, we do not talk about um, money. We don't talk about finances. So I think it was very empowering for her to share her story. I received so many good feedback. So if you have any questions on this episode, please email me at hello at the com. I know we are in the holiday season. So you know, please don't forget about your financial goals. And I hope y'all ain't out here spending no money on these niggas that ain't paying no bills. And if they are paying bills, you still don't need to be spending no money on them because we got shit we got to do in 2020. Please make sure to follow me on Instagram at the professional homegirl at the PhD podcast. And last but not least at Ebony Beauty. Um, and Merry Christmas. Like by the time you hear this, it's going to be Christmas Eve or you might hear it on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas. Um, happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe, be blessed, and until next time, guys. Later. Welcome. You are now listening to the professional Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the PSG Podcast. It is your girl, Ebony, and I'm here with another episode that I'm really excited about. I think that we all can learn from this. Um, you know, I'm going to be sharing some things about my financial situation as well, and I really hope that this episode 
um, encourages encourages you to like you know get your shit together. So as usual, I don't have the pleasure of introducing my guests. So with that being said, let's just jump right into it. So my first question is, what was your relationship like with money before you filed bankruptcy? Um. So before I filed for bankruptcy. So wait, growing up, I didn't really understand the concept of money. I can start with that. Like most of us. Um, I didn't really understand the concept of money because like a lot of children, I feel like in the hood is like your parents try to overcompensate by giving you things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get older, you kind of don't realize that like <laughs> things cost. <laughs> um, Word. So I <laughs> Especially think that, when you had to pay for shit when you was growing up. <laughs> right. And I think that for me too. So like, you know, just to share, like I grew up like, you know, not wealthy or anything like I grew up in the projects but I've never really wanted for anything and Mm -hmm. because of that like both of my parents were like would be considered probably like middle class jobs um they both worked they always gave me things I always had stuff um so for me when I got older I really thought that I was good it wasn't until I got to college and I was I would never forget my roommate at the time she was paying for her college with her like a like with a, a check like her dad had wrote out a check and oh, the check wow. was like five thousand something dollars, mm-hmm. and basically he was paying for her college. And here I was, like, basically texting all my family members, asking each of them for fifty dollars mm. just so I could get books. But right. for me, I thought that I was good before I got there. Like, oh, I'm good. You know, I got all the jewelry. Isn't it funny how I'm you fine. grow up? Isn't it funny how you grow up and you think that that's your normal, and you think that's normal for everyone until you get out there in the world and you meet other people and you'd be like, damn, that's how people really be living? It's levels to the shit. Right. Like, right. It's really levels. So I think that, that when I started to realize that then, um, I actually created like a resentment toward my parents. Like, you didn't do enough. Mm. You didn't work hard enough. You didn't do that. You didn't do this. Um, it wasn't until I started to get out of college and by this time I was living on my own. So I've been living on my own since I was maybe like 19. Mm-hmm. Um, own car, own apartment, own everything. It wasn't right. until then, and I was like hit with over for one a hundred and one thousand dollars in student loan debt between my master's and my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. I had an apartment that I was paying rent for. I had a car that I was financing at the time. I was probably up to like my second car because New York fucks your car up. Um, Girl, let's not get started with that. <laughs> I was probably on my like, second car by this time, and it wasn't until then that I started realize like, oh. They did, they did the best they could with what they had, right? Because right. here I am out here grinding every day, doing the best that I can with what I have. Right. Um, so I kind of can't blame them. You know what I mean? And then that's when I really started to like come into my own and really learn more about credit and learn more about things. But by this time, quite honestly, a lot of the damage was already done. Like, right. you know, like a lot of the like taking out loans. Like if I can go back, I probably would have never taken out that much money in student loans. Like right. I know for a fact that I wouldn't have, you know? You know what? The same with me. But I think that when, we, when you were in college, when I was in college, I went to Tennessee State University. Um, the biggest thing was refund yeah. checks. Oh yeah, I got those. So I like, spent those. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like in the process because nobody taught you the importance of hey, only take yeah. out what you need if you really or need to take it out. Or if you were gonna take that no. money out, girl, I swear to God, if I knew what I could do with a refund check now, I'd be a millionaire. Girl. I would have that thing two times, three times over by now. You know what I mean? But like you said, it wasn't yeah. taught to us, and that sometimes I get like I was frustrated because I'm in my own money situation like 2019 I my budget is about to be tight because I have a goal that I need to accomplish but in order to accomplish that goal I have to cut out all the yeah. bullshit but I was frustrated with my own 
parents and upbringing which is like damn like why y'all didn't teach yeah. me the but way but it really like... comes because they didn't know any better and that was like now right. that I teach so like I'm fortunate enough that now I'm a professor it's so weird how life happens um so I'm a professor right. and I teach finance I teach FIN 201 FIN 203 which are pretty much the introductory finance courses that you would take as a finance major in college and the classes mm-hmm. are like intro to investments, intro to financial management. And the first question that I ask, so like when my students first come in, the first question I always ask them is like, what are things that were told to you about money? And it's always the answers of like, you know, eat all your food. You know, there's people out there starving in the world. There's always like, you know, oh my God, girl, like, I work as food. hard as you That's can. So true. Yeah, work as hard as you can. <laughs> right. um, yeah, you're supposed to save money. But it's like people tell us all these things and then you look on social media and it's like people are eating in access, like everybody eat. We eating good over here. And it's like, well, right. conflicting messages, you know what I mean? Like, are people starving or is there an abundance of money in the world and any of us can go out and get it? And I think that when you realize that that's really what it is, like there's an abundance of money out, out here. And yes. There's there a lot of money out there. You just got to exactly. figure out how to get it. Like, there are people with less opportunities, right. yes, but there's an abundance of money out there. So, girl, like, just go out there and get it. And I think that once you realize that, your view towards money starts to change. But in reality, like, you got to think about it. Like, none of us are, like, everybody tells us how to save, but who really sat down and was like, yo, the way that you save is by making it automatic, is by taking 10% of right. what you make and putting it into a separate account that you don't touch. Like, no one really gives you the blueprint, but they give you the blueprint for everything else. So what were, like, some of the signs that you you know that bankruptcy was an option? Like, what made you get to that Yeah, point? so for me, personally, I was being sued. Um, so that mm-hmm. was for me to avoid. Um, and knowing as much as what I know about finance, right? Like, I know that that was in a way for me. That was a way for me to pay that case. So I was, right. you know, going back and forth with an own apartment. And we were, I was in court with them. And... You know, after a while, I got tired of going back and forth in court. And I also recognized that I was also still young enough um, to mm-hmm. do it and to bounce back from it. And also that, you know, for me, it was just a more of a which, which, so you're in this situation, right? And your back is against the wall. Which path do you want to take? You do the best, right? Exactly. So it's like, do you want to pay I it all it off? Or do you want to, do you want to pay it all off and use the next five years out of your life climbing out of this debt? Or do you want to simply like, file the bankruptcy and use the next maybe two three years to possibly like get your numbers back up and i just chose yo that's so funny that you said that because i always tell people you cannot judge people because when your own back is up is against that wall yo sometimes the only option is and you'll be surprised like for me you know having a finance background and knowing as much as like i'm a finance professor i know that all these companies, Donald Trump, all these people, rich people are filing bankruptcy with no issues. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not really that. Well, a lot of rich people, yeah, period. for me, it's not really that part of the shame that or the stigma that comes with it. I'm not ashamed of that. Like for me, it's really. But why do you think it's such a, why do you think it's such a negative connotation with that? Like when you, when people hear, fi- I mean, bank, filing bankruptcy, they'd be like, oh my God. The like, lack of knowledge. But, you know, if you don't know better, right. if, 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 I mean, you got to think about it. The word itself says that basically you are so poor, allegedly, that you are wiping out all of your debt because you can no longer pay your creditors. Now, I mean, from a financial standpoint, there's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't want to pay somebody that I owe, right? Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to go about it. Now, if filing a piece of paper and going up to a judge is what I need to do to get out of that situation, I'm going to do it. Um, I think that is just, you know, for me, I really tell people, because I've been asked 101 times, I always tell people, look at all your options. You know what I mean? Look at all your options and then go with the best one from there. So what is the steps like for those who are interested in like 
filing bankruptcy like yeah you can do it either way so you can go by a lawyer or you can go pro se pro se meaning that you're doing it for yourself I was able to do it for myself I mean I'm not the smartest person on earth but I mean the steps were pretty um (laughs) easy like I mean it's dependent right so like with everything else in life I always tell you where you don't got the time you spend the money right so it's a time versus money that is true like putting in the time to learn and if you ain't got the money you need to to find the time time. amen (laughs) So if you're not looking at, and that's just the entrepreneur in this, we know that, you know what I mean? So it's like, if right. you don't feel like learning something, you're going to pay somebody to do it for you. Or if you want to sit there and learn it and read or do it all for yourself. But for me, I personally right. just wasn't about to pay somebody to do it for me because I realized that I can do it on my own, you know? And I'm, you know, I'm just one of those people that I don't mind just doing a couple of paperwork, handling the business and doing it. It didn't take no more than maybe three hours a week out of my life. So it wasn't stressful, right. you know what I mean? Uh, it was a lot to keep up with, but it wasn't anything that I would consider as stressful. So, yeah, I mean, I filed on my own. I have a friend, like a close friend of mine who actually like, you know, they were one of the inspirations as to why I wanted to do it because I saw how well it worked out for them. And they actually went through a lawyer and their process was pretty much the same as mine. I would just say that they were just less involved than I was. Yeah. Right. You know, I think that that's a good point that you brought up. Like, even though we already touched on it, but it's, it's just really sad because it's like, this is why generational curses is always being passed down because that particular generation wasn't taught by the previous yeah. generation. And it's just like, yo, like you be looking at people and you just be like, or like certain people I just look at and be like, damn, like they got money. This name's like, they didn't have money. They mm-hmm. were just taught how to use their yeah. credit and how to use their money to better themselves along the way. And even sometimes I catch myself, like, you know, like you, like, I feel like a lot of reasons why I'm in certain situations now is because I literally just, my back was Mm -hmm. against the wall and I had to do what I had to do to get out that situation at that particular time, which I know I'm paying for it now. But it's just like, why, why, why you feel like people just like, you think the information was out there for us to get yeah. or like I think that I is mean, that and I also think that it's partially like you know that financial discipline so a lot of us you know we make that mistake but just I mean and I can just speak for myself but admittedly I went back and made the same damn mistakes you know what I mean so it's like after yeah. a while you have to tell yourself it's enough after a while you have to kind of what, were, what would you consider some of your mistakes yeah, so some of my mistakes was and that was another thing that I was gonna say right was so I was taught mm-hmm. a lot of things and I love my mom to death but my mom taught me how to like rob Peter pay Paul. You know what I mean? My mom taught me to gas. Yeah, you man. Put your little card in there. You get a dollar. It take off a dollar, but you can fill up your whole damn tank. So, yeah. No one <laughs> do that out there. If yes. that is y'all, don't do that because honestly, that's not benefiting you. But those were the type. That was the type of things that I would do, and those are the things that I was taught. You know what I mean? So, or even right. like you know, like I said, my mistake picking out um more student loans than what I needed, and basically not um basically not being able to really flip that right and putting that money into something else that can maybe make you more money um what else did I make that was like oh for me like the whole apartment thing that really like basically brought me to the stage of bankruptcy because I could have like I didn't have crazy credit card debt it damn sure wasn't nothing upwards of like ten thousand dollars so I could have paid off the credit cards itself but it was really that one of me going back and forth with that old apartment and I think that that just came from negligence you know what I mean like a lot of unfortunately a lot of brown people we don't like to deal with courts we don't like to deal with paperwork we don't like to deal with systems we don't like to deal with nothing and not for nothing these white people will weigh you down they are persistent as fuck baby they don't give up they don't get tired and for us, we get tired. Right. We be like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I don't got time. You know? We get tired because we got so much yeah, other stuff to be worrying about. 
which is like, also like, you know me, I'm big into the theory of evolution type thing. Like our brain, our mindsets are just more. And I'm like, I ain't got time for that girl. Sit down. You know what I mean? Like, but they're dumb. They're more <laughs> persistent and more passionate about certain things, I guess. So they just, you know, they ain't get tired. And I was just like, you know what? I am tired. A lot of it just became negligence. Um, so the number one thing that I would say is don't neglect. Like, always reach out. Yeah. Always call. Always tell them, like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm being like, always yes, ask questions. Keep into communication with them. Always read. Yes. Deep into communication with them. Because even a few of the credit cards, after I realized a few of the credit cards, even allowed me to um like have like it was one point during that period where I lost my job and mm-hmm. when I was laid off it was an opportunity for me to like apply with the credit cards and tell them that I was laid off and they wouldn't have made me pay anything for like three months and had I like utilized that I knew it in some way shape or form I just wasn't utilizing all my resources so for one right. utilizing all your resources and really two like not being negligent like making sure that you are staying on top of things and not just letting it kind of go by the wayside because that's just not going to do anything for nobody and I also think that because since money and talking about finances is such a personal like it's a conversation that we need to have more mm-hmm. of I also think that by talking to other people that are in similar situations or that know somebody in similar situations yeah, can help. Definitely. Because it's because it's like maybe this I mean everybody's not gonna always yeah. look out for you, but for those who will, they'll be like, Listen, boom, you yeah, just do that so you can avoid child bankruptcy, like he was really the one that kind of like told me like, yo, you know, you're like, this is how we do it. This is that. And like, he was sharing with me his journey and how much his numbers were increasing while I was going through it. And that kind of served as like information yeah. for me. So it was like easy for me to be able to call him like, hey, you know, did you do this? Did you do that? You know, like, how did that work? And that really helped me out. And then also, I think that a lot of us, we're so proud and we're so used to not telling people our business and this one don't need to know how much we make, et cetera, et cetera. But yo, yeah. Jay-Z was real. Like, these are the type of people you need to get next to your accountant so that shit could be damn near free for you like that's what I'm looking for I'm looking for somebody that's gonna tell yeah. me but you know what's so funny there's loopholes what you think that they're discussing at the dinner table they're talking about it Listen. they're definitely talking about it so when they at that dinner table talking about it you need you want to have your dinner table to be the same way you want to learn about the different loopholes and the taxes and all of that stuff and that's why I'm always just open to like yo my classes I teach college and it's so amazing how much I go off from not on the curriculum you know what I mean because right. at the end of the day your day-to-day and what you really need to know is it's not what's in a textbook and it's not really probably what your parents taught you it's really like how can mm-hmm. I use what I have and utilize my resources to take myself to the next level and to the next level and take the next level and that's really what it's right. about and I also feel like if you can have a genuine conversation to about to someone about certain situations that are like very like that's weighing on you you don't need to have the person Word. around you because I just feel like if that's a friend, like when I found out about the situation, I was just so intrigued because I'm like, dang, like, what if this might be an mm-hmm. option for me. Because at the end of the day, we all trying to figure things out and everybody's a paycheck away from being homeless okay. for the most part. If you really, if you really just want to keep it real. And I think that a lot of people are not having these honest conversations because like you said, they are prideful. Yeah. And I mean, you got Instagram and Twitter business. and all of that talking about, yeah, because you want to show your best life. And you know what's so funny? While I, and, and it's not about your bet like it's not about how rich you are how much you got you know what I mean like because even it was one point where um 
you know, I went to bankruptcy. I was in bankruptcy and I had took a trip. And what do you mean by you was in bankruptcy? I was going through my bankruptcy. So when you're in bankruptcy, the stages Uh of like you can still be filed. Um, you filed for bankruptcy. It just takes maybe two or three months for you to actually discharge. Discharge meaning that you're relieved of all of your debts. So for me, I filed Chapter Seven because I that I don't I don't own any like assets or anything. So I filed regular Chapter Seven, which basically just relieved me of all my debts except for taxes and student loans. Okay, perfect. And so when you do that, yeah. So in the period of why I did that, I had like went on a on a trip, and you know, like people are like, "Oh, you getting money? You doing this? You doing that?" And I'm like. Little do you know, like, my international trip, that I went to Paris at the time, but my international trip literally cost me, like, nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and not as much as what, right. it was, like, it cost me the same amount that it cost you to go to Miami when you out there stunting and doing all these things. Like, and it was, like, it was a great cultural trip. I learned a lot. And at the end of the day, it didn't mean that I was, just because I filed bankruptcy, I didn't say I was broke. I didn't tell you I was broke. You know what I mean? Like, that basically means that it was smarter right. for me to file bankruptcy than to actually pay for my debts. You know what I mean? Why would I want to pay for an old phone bill that's up to $3,000 that someone done charged me for a, a phone that I probably never even used and for some service that they say you canceled early and they charge you 10 Like, why would I even want to pay that back? Like, let's really, like, think about right. the grand scheme of things. And is Verizon or T-Mobile or whoever it is that you owe, are they really missing that money? No, they're not. Nine times out of ten, they done wrote it off on their taxes already. So they're not missing right. it. You know what I mean? And I think that when we empower ourselves to really know some of these things is when we can really look at it and, and make smarter decisions and say, you know, like, yo, this is something that I know I need to take my time and pay. And maybe this is something that I need to negotiate on or not pay or, you know, find another way for me to, like, even some people, some people, and one of the things that I learned, something that I learned through filing mm-hmm. bankruptcy is like taking on more debt, taking on cheaper debt to pay off your current debt. So like if I have, if I what have loans or if I have credit card mm-hmm. bills that I need to pay and all of my credit card bills, the APRs are like upwards of 20%, I can just simply go for a personal loan and the personal loan is probably 4%, 5%. Right. And get the personal loan to pay off all of those credit cards. And that way I'm only paying one source with one with a way lower interest rate. Why would you want to continue right, paying? Right, right. And, and people even do that with credit card balance transfers. Put all of your balances onto your lowest credit card account. Whatever one has the lowest balance. Well, I mean, not the lowest balance, the lowest APR. You need to transfer your balances to that account so that you're only paying the lowest APR. Why would you want right. to pay, minimize pay all your you bills? Know what I mean? So many of us just don't realize that. Like, since I filed bankruptcy, I've learned so much, and I've just started putting so many different money practices into my routine. Like, ooh, another thing mm-hmm. that somebody taught me. So, you know, we're all in the rat race for, like, versus rent versus our paycheck, right? So let's say if you get a paycheck, right. and your paycheck don't come to, like, the 6th or the 7th or whatever the case is, and you got to pay rent on the 1st, right? Like, you feel like you're always, mm-hmm. like, making sure that you have enough money to be able to pay by the time that that date comes, right? Well, something right. that people do people who have great credit and good income um, and they don't even have to be rich. I'm not even talking about rich. I'm just talking about people with okay credit and steady income. Um, they take right. out a loan. Let's say if like, so your, 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 your rent for the year may be $25,000 if you live in New York city, right? So you live in New mm-hmm. York city, your rent for the year is $25,000. They'll take out a loan for $25,000, pay their rent. Pay their rent up. And that way they're only paying the loan. You don't have to worry about a, a landlord over your head or you don't have to worry. About, and mind you, that loan doesn't even have to be for a year. That loan can maybe be for two years and you're paying a little bit less. You know what I mean? Like you can schedule right. your finances once you. And for me, the biggest empowerment is knowing your access to capital. 
once you know you have a certain access to capital, you could go anywhere from there. You know what I mean? You can manipulate the game however as much as you want. You know what I mean? But it's about knowing right. what type of credit you have and what type of access to capital do you have. Can I take out personal loans? Do I have access to credit cards? You know? And what can I do with them? So how do you feel about, because I know we touched on this before, and me and you talked about this a lot of times, about these credit repair companies and like yeah paying them to help you out like do you think is do you think it sometimes always works yeah i think it 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 goes like the time versus money thing right like it's nothing and i'm and it's also like for one read your reviews right because not for nothing but credit um, repair because i feel like everybody has a credit company it's definitely one of those industries where you know everybody trying to get in where they fit in and you know that's fine you know that's it's different shows for different folks. That that's cool. We won't get right. on that. But I do think that if you want to do it, so again, it's that time versus money. If you don't, and and it's about how knowledgeable you are. So for me, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm in a position where I would maybe not now, but maybe on like if I started the process and then it was a little bit of loose ends I needed to tie up, I would hire someone to do it because I'm a busy person. I own businesses. I have like you know I'm teaching during the day. Like I have a lot going on and. No, mm-hmm. I don't physically need to be, you know, printing out papers and mailing this and doing that and doing that. But I'm knowledgeable about enough about the field that I can tell if somebody else is making a mistake. You know what I mean? So for me, right. I think that that's super important. So if you are going to pay somebody, you, you need, need to make, to make sure, sure you know that you are well versed what on what know. to do. That you know the process, that you understand. You know what I mean? Like, like, what is this? Like, what are your rights as a consumer? The first thing that you definitely need to always know is that like really knowing your rights as a consumer. And that's really what's going to help you navigating the process way better than any credit repair company. Because really all a credit repair company is doing is automating a lot of these processes, you know? <laughs> right. <It's> automating <laughs> the same lazy shit that you don't feel like doing, they're automating it. So what process are you in now? Like, is it, are you finished yeah, with so it? I'm or finished with bankruptcy. Still- um, I am, I'm done. Um, I am currently in my sort of rebuilding process. I mean, like so much has been looking up for me. Like I, you know, I, I have credit now. Um, I'm actually just, and does your credit get wiped away? It starts so, like over? No, not really, right? Like, that's an awkward question. It doesn't get wiped away. Some of the accounts on there gets wiped away, but not all of them would get completely wiped away, right? Right, like your student loans will still be on yeah, there. Student so. loans or taxes would still be on there. Um, you know, things like that. I actually just negotiated, like, paying my student loans to get at the lowest rate, like, I've ever seen it to be for me in my life, right? Like, and it's weird because I make the most that I've probably ever made in my life, and now I'm paying the less, the least for student loans. But I'm going to ride that off, right. you know, for the next year. Um, so doing that, <laughs> and, you know, I have access. I have a few credit cards. So for me, my journey is I'm in the stage of where I'm rebuilding. My credit score is definitely, you know, in the 600s. And this is the highest mm-hmm. that it's ever been for me. I've always been. Which is good. I was like 670, 6, I mean, 7, 580, 5, 570, you know, 575. So now that I'm getting in like 630s and stuff, like I'm excited and I want to continue to build on that. Um, For me, I'm just doing two things. I'm one in the process of removing all of those accounts that say it's in bankruptcy. And for two, in about a few months, I'm actually going to try to fight the bankruptcy and get it removed from my credit as if it never happened. And a lot of people don't know that you can okay, do that, you- but you can do that. So, but why would you want to do that? Because I don't want anybody, I, I wouldn't want my creditors. So at the end of the day, if I want to go for a home loan, I would have to wait two years to get an FHA loan. I don't want to wait two years. I want to get one next year. 
So right. if I could get the bankruptcy removed to where it looks like I didn't get it, then creditors would want to would be more opted to want to give me money. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to a mortgage. Mm. You know, that's why we got to have these conversations, man, because there are loopholes. Yeah. Oh, is it loopholes? Yeah, loopholes. loopholes yeah. yeah, I know. Definitely. <laughs> like, seriously, like, Jesus Christ, like, you can work the system and still have everything work out in your yeah. favor crazy yeah i think that that's just something that we all just gotta like you know just peep and look at and just realize like you're not alone in your journey and tons of people go through it it's just figuring out like how are you gonna maneuver you know to get out of your situation and what what is the way like how can you inform yourself i think that the best thing best things i've ever done was read financial books um one of them what was a good financial book Rich you Dad, read poor dad is always my favorite it's talking about mindset it always changes your mindset on how you think Mindset does help, help man. Rich it really Dad Poor does. Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, I always either, either, and I go back and forth in my recommendations with first students, but it's either between like Think and Grow Rich. Um, again, That's a good mindset, book. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon. Very simple, very, very simple practices. But oh, I think I read about that. Was it about the author? king or something? Yeah. It's about the author, yes. Yes, yes. So, I didn't read it, but yeah, I heard it's a good book. That's really on my list. You about financial discipline. So many of us was not raised with that financial discipline because we didn't have money to learn it. You know what I mean? Like our parents, we didn't we didn't right. have garage sales and the projects. So how the hell was I? We didn't have lemonade stands. So how the hell was I supposed to learn? You know, oh, if I sell this and I can or learn it, you know, and have exactly. Learning not how to buy stuff on impulse because it's exactly wholesale. right. So those are right. small things that I think that the richest man in Babylon, it really reminds me, because I read it every now and then, you know, every two years. I have I'll to get that it. book. Yeah. It really reminds me about financial discipline. And then my last one, the most recent one that I read, and I forget the author, but it's called The Automatic Millennial. It's so good. He basically just talks oh, about, I heard about that one everything too. automatic. So like, you know, your 401k, matching it to the fullest, you know, your IR, you know, traditional IRA. Um, he talks about like, how do you, how do you save and invest for the future? And like, what do you want to do? And mm-hmm. it's just, it was a really good book. I put a lot, I changed up a lot of things. Like I up my 401k after reading that book. I did so many new things after reading that book. So that was something I definitely like lit a little fire under my butt. No, you know what's so funny? Cause I definitely raised my 401k. Cause I'm like, uh, for those who don't know, like I'm really trying to quit my job in 2020 yes. so in order for me to quit my job I have and it's so funny because I'm like 2020 is like clear vision perfect like sight so like it's no better time I know what my end date is but I'm not gonna say it because you don't want to put things out in the universe yeah. yet but um I literally broke down how much I need to save per month because I'm just trying to do I want to save a certain amount so I broke up how much I need to save mm-hmm. per day and it's like it's game time like you really have to be discipline like and I'm not saying you have to starve yourself from like little things from here and there like you know things that's gonna make you happy because at the end of the day you gotta make yourself happy because you're working hard to make yourself happy in a long run but but all that like unnecessary shopping going out drinking eating out getting your nails done this and that like you're gonna have to come back some some way if you want to really have a certain level of financial freedom such a journey like yo you really don't know yourself until like you literally out here as a grown-ass person with no credit 
by you know yourself. I mean? no credit and no bank account and no way to be able to rob yeah. Peter to pay Paul. So I had depended on robbing Peter to pay Paul for so long. But when Peter, when oh I was in bankruptcy, God, Peter girl. was obsolete. Me too. So it was no way for me to really rob. <laughs> where was Peter Robin. at? Where was, where was he Peter was at? He was dead. He was gone. <laughs> Listen, there was no Peter to rob. So I had to continue to pay Paul simply just out of my check. And it was really the true definition of me learning paycheck. But while I was on bankruptcy, I saved the most money that I was ever ready, ever able to save. Like I really proved Mm -hmm. to myself that I can do it. And I think that also the fact that I filed myself, I was going to say that earlier, but the fact that I filed myself, it just reminded me that I don't never want to go through this shit again. And like, because Mm. I don't want to never go through this shit again in this process and this, I'm going to make sure I do this and I'm going to handle this shit and get it out behind me. I don't ever want to even look this way no more. I'm done. You know? Girl. You know, that's one thing I can say I have learned, especially when it comes to money. Once you've been broke for so long and you finally make the, you change your mindset like, yo, I'm not living this life no more. Yo, you're going to work so hard to never go broke because I can't, I, I can't like, Living that paycheck to paycheck or trying to take money out of here, robbing pizza, pay Paul, yeah. Patrice, Paulette, and the rest of the peas. Like, I can't. It, I it's can't. too much. It's, it's a lot. And I think that those are the things that people, you know, just don't realize. So what is your relationship with money now? Um. So now we have a love-hate relationship. Um. So I recognize I have a bit, way bigger mindset on things and I recognize where I need to go and how I need to do things. Um, I think that for me, of course, I think I'm always going to hate paying bills. And I think that it's like that because... <laughs> Girl, you and everybody right, else. Let me tell you why you hate paying it. You hate paying it because it's not automatic. If you if you set mm. up auto pay, like let's say if your phone bill is $100 and you put out for both of your checks to have $50 taken out, you wouldn't hate paying your phone bill. You hate paying it because mm. you make it a thing. You literally make it a thing to where you have to get a link, open up your credit card, put in the cards, and pay it. And you wouldn't have to do that, and you wouldn't feel that way, you know what I mean, if it was automatic, and it automatically came out. And once you get to that stage, that's the, that's the ultimate stage, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to get. I really, that's my goal for January 2019 is to be at that stage. And I feel like I'm on, I'm on my way there. Um, I would love, definitely like to increase my savings. So I am currently saving, but yes. it's something that I feel like I want to do 10 times over. I definitely know I'm paying too much in rent. Um, you know, it, it's a love-hate relationship. The more, the problem is, this is the thing too, right? And I told this to my students earlier. It's like, you know, the problem with knowing more and knowing better is that you got to do better. So once you know all of this shit, yeah. now you know all these financial things, now you can't just go out and eat and fuck up and mess up and really like, you know, just make irresponsible decisions. Now it's like when you're doing that, before you swipe that car, you're like, girl, you know better than this, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that, that that sort of response, the crown is heavy. That responsibility weighs heavy on you, you know? So I think I'm in that stage right. right now where I'm fighting between, you know, being the still being true to me, being you know, block it on the block, and still you know, trying to take out. Yo, it was so funny because it was like, um, I was listening to Gary V, and he was like, The worst thing that people do is try to keep up with the Joneses. Somebody tell me who the fuck these Joneses are, and how do I kill them? I was like, Yo, this guy is dope, but it's so true, right? Like, who the fuck are these Joneses, and why the fuck we trying to keep up with them? Like, leave their asses where they be. But you know, it's so crazy because growing up, like, we was taught to. I don't know what it is in our culture. It's a like, proudness. We it's definitely look, a cultural proudness. It's definitely, but I think that's we down the good. line. We, we got that this. mixed up, right? So no, no doubt. As a brown people, we are flashy ass people. We created jewelry. We created hairstyles. We created all of this shit. We like to shine. That's us. 
It's always going to be us. It's never going to change. Right. When we was in Africa, we was making shit out of stone. So us wanting the style ain't <laughs> never going to change. We was braiding hair, but then, coming up with uh, making masks with our hair. <laughs> making, you know what I mean? Like we've been doing this, doing turbans. But then it's we've so crazy because when you see when you see white people, they be so rich, but they be having holes in their shoes. Dumb. That's dumb. We ain't never gonna be that. We can't never be that. And that's what, that's what <laughs> and that's what I gotta tell us too. That's the last point that I really wanna leave with our people is we gotta stop that. We are never gonna be that. That ain't you, baby. You was born to shine. That's who you are. Your crown Man. was paid for, so you was born to put it on. No doubt about that. However, I think that some of the things that we mistake is that we think that it got to come from Prada Gucci Louis in order for us to shine, and it don't. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. somewhere down the line, we got crossed with the what shining means. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we are proud people, and, and we love to mm. look good. It's part of us, and it ain't never going to leave us. However, looking good is very different from having expensive things. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the part where somewhere down the line, we adopted their ideals of, what it means mm. to look good and no we created what it means to look good they following us and we have to remember well, that well listen that's listen you know that's a whole nother topic because whole nother black, black black people always been an originator yeah. that's a fact or people of color should I yeah. say and I mean like that's, that's really the thing right so that's the conflicting thing that, that that's what we deal with you know we like to look good and there's no you know it happens that's what we want to do but at the same time it's mm-hmm. like you know is that realistic you know Right. So before we leave, what is, I mean, we've been dropping gems throughout this entire podcast, but like, what is some advice that you would want to give somebody that's going through this or maybe a younger you or to our listeners? Because I feel like even with me, like you shed so much light and I also know you outside of this. Yeah. So like, we always talking about like ways for how to get money of this and that. So like, I feel you know, motivated to even get on top of my shit because it's like, yo, yeah. like, you know, we got to get yeah. to it. So what is some advice that you I would give say, to the listeners? Two, three things. One, educate yourself. So learn as much as you possibly can. And it's not, education doesn't just come from books or reading or watching. It comes from talking with people. You don't know how much you can mm-hmm. learn from a simple conversation. It, it's just amazing, right? Like talking to people, like not, equipping yourself with knowing your credit score at all times. You know what I mean? And really understanding what is a yeah. FICO score as opposed to that shit they give you in credit karma because that's not the real score. You know, so educating yourself and knowing yourself, that would be number one. Number two would be to um, making money, so having that income, but also investing, right? So it, 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 it has to come from one of the two. You either have to save or invest. It's no way that you should be having income. If you have an income, it is almost, and I'm going to make this my number two. If you have an income, it is a requirement that you are even saving or investing or both. You can't make it work for you, it, man. You know what I mean? So if that means that you just right. putting $10 in a job, baby, I don't care. But you're saving. You know, I was just talking right. to my students today about if you take, so right now a Starbucks, you could give me a, give me a company you think is going to change the face of the world. And, and, I, and I used Starbucks earlier as, as something, yeah, they are, you know what I mean? They're not going anywhere. No time soon. They're going to last for years. Right. I see Starbucks easily being a hundred company. They're only what? 30, not even 20. Right? right. So think about that. Starbucks stock right now is $50. So if you take $50 out of each one of your checks, you get 26 checks in a year. If you take fifty dollars out of your mm. check, out of come on, drop the numbers, man. You get, and you get and you buy one stock in Starbucks. Imagine how what that's gonna look like in five years when that stock is sixty, seventy dollars, eighty dollars, ninety dollars. You know what I mean? You got 
Facebook and, and Apple going for upwards of hundreds of dollars. Imagine when Starbucks is mm. to its peak. How much money you're going to be rolling in just by putting $50 that you probably eat or drink every weekend any damn way just by paying $50 26 times after the year. Yo, I gotta bring you because we have to do this again, man. Because that's um, like that's so true. Like, yeah, like for instance, everybody knows I love Sephora, but it's just like you spend fifty dollars yeah. on two things. Yeah. Maybe one. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's just fun. Like, How many it's of crazy. us don't even know? So I, I know, and I'll tell you, depending on when this is gonna release. Right now, the Fed, the the, the interest rate is going up. And bonds is going to make the most money. The government is going to make the most money. When we're going into a recession right now, when we're in a recession, the government makes mm. their money. Who financial institutions make their money because what they're doing is they're going to increase the interest rates. When they increase, that's what you should mm. be investing in banks. Invest in Bank of America. Open up that CD account. You know what I mean? Buy those bonds. You know you can buy a bond for a hundred dollars, hundred bucks, mm. and you get paid on that bond. And that's going out to eat right there. Right there. Right. So, like, think about small things like that. If you're not saving, you should be investing. Um, And then my last one is just making everything automatic. So, there's so many things that could be automatic, making full use of, of those things. So, whether that be, you know, the credit card coming out automatic, the rent coming out automatic, the phone bill coming out, you know, you get $5 less on your phone bill if you just pay them on time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So many of us are missing out on that. Yo, I used to be, and I still am, no lie, sometimes, that person that wait for the shit to go off for <laughs> you to call them and pay it. Mind you, you got the money. <laughs> so you know that every time when you do that, that's yeah. you're giving them $20 for no damn reason. Yeah, that's so, that's so funny because, like, you know she got to get paid. You got the money to do it, but you it's just paying like, it, but I you just wait. you're making it a thing. Back to it. If you had that automatically come right. out, you wouldn't even think about it. You wouldn't even feel it. It wouldn't even be, it, you wouldn't even think about it at all. So yeah, right. those would be my three things um, that I would want to like leave on. Those are the things, those are the type of things that I hope to talk about at the dinner table with my children. It's like, what stock are you picking for the week? And why? Right. You know? They're going to be like, what, mommy? Like, you are a nigga. What stock are you picking for the week? <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. If y'all have any questions for my guest that is anonymous, I wish I could figure out who she is because she is so amazing. Please send me an email um, with the subject line bankruptcy. I make sure she get them. Uh, I definitely want to do another podcast with her to talk about more financial freedom because I'm telling y'all, I don't know about y'all, but I am tired of clocking in and out. Yeah, <laughs> I am tired, and I need to get my savings up because the only way you're gonna know if something's gonna really work or if your dream is gonna really work for you is if you're really putting your all into it. You cannot put your all into it. If you're splitting your time, clocking in and out. Amen. So I hope that this podcast or this episode encouraged you because it definitely encouraged me. And until next time, later, guys. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. 
Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.